If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to episode 232. Today I'm interviewing author J.N. Welsh about her new novel, In Tune. You'll want to hear all about this contemporary romance set in an EDM world. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by the Shelf Addiction Merch Store. Check out all the bookish t-shirts, notebooks, mugs, and more. Don't miss out on these original designs, perfect for any book nerd. Support the podcast and visit shelfaddiction.com forward slash merch and pick up your next favorite bookish item. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Tamara Ford, and welcome to Book Chat here on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. Here on Book Chat, we get bookish with roundtable book discussions, book recommendation lists, interviews, and more. Be sure to check out shelfaddiction.com for even more content. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about today's interview guest. Jan Walsh is a native New Yorker. She writes entertaining, often humorous, and provocative tales about strong, career-driven, multicultural heroines of color who are looking for love. Her punchy, flowing dialogue and most big city stories are heartwarming and stick to your ribs. When she's not writing, she can be found dancing, whining, rooting for her favorite baseball team, and or indulging in countless guilty pleasures. If you'd like to comment on something you've heard during today's episode, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Shelf Addiction. The links for everything related to today's episode are below in the show notes. Hi, Jan. Welcome to the episode. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I'm super excited to hear all about your book. So are you ready to jump into things? I am absolutely ready to jump into things. (laughs) All right. So let's start with um, what you're reading right now. Oh, well, I'm someone who kind of like double fists like reading. So I'll be reading a couple of things at the same time. Um, Recently, Zoe Castile came out with Stripper. I was really excited for that book to come out. So I'm reading that. Um, And I'm also reading um, a poetry book um, called Girls Like Me by Lola Seville, um, which is kind of cool because you can kind of go into it and out of it, but it's really done exceptionally well. And I started from poetry. So, you know, kind of 
brings me back to my poetry days. Oh, nice. I like poetry mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Okay. So tell me, do you have an author that you absolutely love? Like you will auto buy whatever new book is out. No questions asked. Ooh. So that's a tough one. Um, Cause I buy so many. Um, probably at this point, maybe Raven St. Pierre. I love um, pretty much everything that she's written so far. Um, I kind of got into her through uh, a recommendation actually and ever since then, I've just loved her, how she's very daring with her, uh, her choice in um, time period as well as her characters. And she really kind of writes these like very saga filled um, books. So whenever I hear that she's come out with, I, I back read her as well. So <laughs> like I started like really late with her, um, her book Chasing Moonlight and then kind of back read her because she was, I just really loved it. Mm, I love when that happens. You find someone, yeah. you're like, I love this. I have to read everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really kind of fantastic when that happens. Cause you're just like, it's, it's so, it, it's out of your control. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's so out of your control where you're just like, I have to, I, like, I want more, you know, I want to see what, how she got to this point, if this is a later book or how he got to this book or, you know, whatever. So I think that that, is is really amazing when that happens and of course people have tried to break this down <laughs> over many a, a writing book but um it's, it really is always surprising when that happens you're just like oh, i just love everything that they write yeah it doesn't happen very often but when it does it's like gold it's it amazing. is right yeah so share with me a little bit um about like what writing influences do you think you have like are there any books or authors specifically that you think have kind of influence your personal writing style? Um, I can't say specifically because I think that all, everything that I've read has influenced my writing in some way, shape or form, whether it is something that I saw in, um, you know, uh, a Beverly Jenkins book or read in a Beverly Jenkins book or a um, Sylvia Day book or something that I loved out of those books. And then there are books that I didn't like, and I'm like, well, I learned that I don't like that, or I don't like to write that. So I feel like all books have influenced me in some way, shape, or form, either to want to write similar to someone or to really say, oh, I don't like that. I I really need to stay away from. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember when I was trying to um, write, um, I was doing a a romance novella and uh, erotic romance novella, and I kind of, got a tutorial from a writer friend and I had to read like everything from the lightest in you know love scenes to the most like where I had to put it down because it was just way too much you know what I mean and so so I'm (laughs) I'm like okay you know what too much put this one down and so I think that it all it all influences you um to, to to either know like where your limits are in terms of what you want to write, not necessarily what you want to read, but what you want to write uh, and, and make you a better writer. Yeah. So that means you read a lot of romance then, yeah? I read a lot of romance and I read a lot of non-romance. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I read um, I, I read a lot of non-fiction, a lot of personal development, um, uh, story, you know, real life stories like, um, you know, Trevor Noah's Born a Crime or... 
um, you know, Oprah Winfrey's um, books and things like that. I've learned from so many, you know, nonfiction things as well as fiction books and also different genres like mystery, suspense or um, paranormal fantasy, you know, who can, you know, I don't want to say who doesn't know Harry Potter because there are some people who don't, right? <laughs> but, I know Harry Potter, but I have to right. shamefully hang my head because I have not read <laughs> Harry Potter. And that, see, and, that, <laughs> and that's totally fine, you know, but it's like, you know, everything can influence you in, in, in terms of either like description or story and, you know, because at the heart of any book is the story, you know, and so the story influences you you know, regardless of genre. So I try to read uh, across genres as well as in my own genre. It's always good to know what's happening in, you know, my industry mm-hmm. as a romance writer, but I want to, you know, I always branch out and read other things as well. Oh, wonderful. So tell me what got you on the path to writing romance? Wow. Oh, that's, that's a loaded question. So oh, no. <laughs> I know. So when I was younger, I I was a very avid reader. I would read. Um, I, I remember one summer when you used to, when we were in school, because I'm a little bit older, we used to sign a kind of like a book list. Like you could order these all these books. And I remember the summer was coming and I ordered like 20 books. And I just read and read and read. But my mom used to get donated books from um, my godmother. And my godmother would, you know, would, would give her these like Harlequin books, these old Harlequin books. And my mother would have them on the shelf and my older sister would read them because she's about six years older than me. But that didn't stop me mm-hmm. <laughs> from reading them either. You know, if it was a book and it had words in it, I picked it up, you know, regardless of what was in it. Some was like way too either scary or too sexy or whatever, but I get my eyes on it, you know. Um, so back then I used to just read and read. And I realized at one point, I think I was in third grade. I was just, I would write like notes with my friends and it would start out really like kind of light and stuff like that. And then I'd write these whole elaborate stories about them and, you know, um, going to, going to a party or doing something. And as I got older, they would just get more and more elaborate. And I didn't realize that I was a romance writer. I just thought that, you know, I was just writing stories. Um, And so that kind of was what started it. You know, later I went to school and didn't know if I could be a writer. Um, Didn't know if I would be able to sustain myself in terms of a career in writing. So I got into other professions. But the writer was always there. And thankfully, it, it it was put there by two teachers that I had in high school um, who, you know, encouraged me to enter contests and, you know, really just made me love literature even more. So I think that that, that kind of started me on the road. But it took a long time for me to get to publishing a book. Yeah, that's phenomenal, though. That's awesome that you kind of knew before you knew what your craft is. Yeah, you know, especially when you're younger, because I was on a, a law path ever since I was in kindergarten. You know, in kindergarten, when you have like these, I don't know, like the parents come and they dress the kids up and like all these different professions and they say, oh, this is a doctor and this is a lawyer. And it got into my head really young that I was going to be a lawyer. 
So my trajectory was always in law. Anything that I did was always, law was still in the background. Mm -hmm. Um, And I pursued that for a really long time, even though writing was always in the background, just sort of, you know, freeing me a little bit. You know, I felt like, I felt always free and happy when I wrote. (laughs) That's awesome. It's awesome to do something that you really love. That's so rare. Yeah. You know, I read, I don't know who said this quote. I don't know if you've heard it before, but someone said, um, uh, follow your uh, follow your heart, heart, but take your head with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote, actually. It is. I don't know who said it. I want to know, but it's so true when it comes to pursuing your passions. Because I feel like sometimes when we say follow your passion, it's like, oh, just let all caution go to the wind. But there are things that you still have to do in order to be successful to maintain yourself. So, um, following your passion, I think that you still have to do some things that you know, may not fall into passionate things um, that still need to, to, to be done. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, that's great advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about to In Tune, which is your newest novel. And yeah. I would love to explore a little bit with you about how you decided to set um, EDM into this book? Like, what was the inspiration behind the electronic music setting? It's so unique and very specific. Yeah. Um, I got into, um, it, it comes from a passion of mine that I have. Um, when, let's see, it has to be about 2012, maybe 2012 or 2013. I was in my apartment and I turned on a station and um, there's an artist, his name is Cascade, was on the screen. And he, a song of his called I Remember, I think I was catching it at the end. And it was a song that he did with Dead Mouse, and it was called I Remember. And I thought the song was so pretty and so beautiful for um, electronic dance music because I, you know, when you're younger and you go to like the clubs, you'll hear techno and things like that. But this was like, I had was so removed, far removed from it that I had never heard something like this this beautiful before. So um, it, 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 it has always been, I think, a song, like in terms of inspiration, songs and travel have always spawned stories mm-hmm. when, it, when it comes to me. So I remember hearing that and I just really like was like, oh, my God, what, you know, this DJ, like, what if you know, this woman, you know, you know, what if I did a story about the DJ? And I knew nothing about the dance music scene at that time. So I promptly got myself familiar by going to, you know, I went to EDC, I saw Cascade Live. Um, I went to Governor's Ball, like I did all this research. And I quote, <laughs> I use air quotes for that. I did a lot of research. Um, when I went to these festivals and I, the story just sort of unfolded and it's changed from its original version, um, from its original version quite a bit. Uh, but it was, it, it really like started with that song and then, you know, just me researching and listening to other artists and, you know, really looking at the scene and experiencing the scene and seeing how people come together in that, in that environment. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I thought that it was a great landscape to do a love story. Uh, oh, wow. And yeah, and I, it started out, it started out from a fan to a fan to DJ, you know, um, 
kind of love story. And then it transferred into people who are a little bit more closer to being on the same level in terms of their world. So he's really good in what, what he does and she's really good at what she does, which is so much better in terms of conflict. Okay. <laughs> so did you develop like a playlist that you listened to while you were writing in this world? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I had a bunch of songs, of course, you know, I remember stayed in there because it was uh, really uh, exciting uh, to always go back to that. So a lot of Cascade songs are in there. A lot of Diplo songs are in there. A lot of Stevie Aoki songs are in there. A lot of um, Tiesto, Hardwell, a lot of these, um, you know, dance music DJs are in there. Uh, and it was just on repeat. And then, of course, um, you know, I love R&B. Um, so I always have R&B in there, especially when you're kind of getting um, ready to do a love scene. I slow things down and listen to a little Drake, listen to a little Go Apple. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know, so. Those are good, good <laughs> you <album>. know, good <laughs> <artists>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I always try to set the mood for for them, you know, because mm-hmm. they do eventually. These characters do eventually start to just write themselves. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the world is big enough um, with a lot of different, you know, tones and things that people who aren't familiar with electronic dance music would still like the book? I hope so. I mean, I really do think that they will because I try to pull them in on commonality, uh, things that you would, you know, sort of maybe have seen or maybe experienced. Because if, if you've ever even been to a concert you can probably re- relate to it. You may not understand all the 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 um, uh, how the music sounds. It may spawn you to go, or may um, uh, may influence you to go and listen to some. Um, I sometimes share songs on you know my Instagram, things like that. But I think that it would. I think that people will be able to kind of connect on either just a music level or as a concert goer to get into it. And I I try to, you know, there's this learning curve that might come with it that I try to not over explain in the book, but really try to pull people in so that they, everybody who reads the book is working from the same knowledge base. If you have more, that's great. Then you don't even have to really like try to imagine it too hard. But if you don't have that knowledge base, um, I feel like I did a good job. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I think I did a good job in <laughs> um, trying to explain that and bringing everybody together so that they can go forward with with this couple. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about the couple. So we have Leona and Luke. And from what I understand, it's kind of an enemies to lovers situation. So uh-huh. tell me a little bit about that. Yes, um, 100% enemies to lovers. <laughs> um, you know, they start out as um, two people who are, you know, uh, Leona's trying to come back from a hiatus that she's had because she's had some really tumultuous things happen in her um, in her life the past year. Luke is trying to, as a DJ who's a little bit older, trying to really reach that pinnacle that he's always wanted to reach, but somehow has just been elusive, even though he's been quite popular. He's really great at what she, he does, and she's really great at what she does. And so when they get together, it's it seems like it's probably, it should be a match made in heaven. But 
their backgrounds is, you know, and their common conflict in their backgrounds is what really makes this a hard situation for them to deal with, mostly because of, um, you know, on his part, you know, um, having her be this person who has this connection to someone that has pretty much ruined so many pieces of his life. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So as they are enemy to lovers, was it kind of an insta lust behind that? Or was it like a slow burn kind of thing where, okay, well, you might not be half bad and you're kind of cute kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. They're funny because their attraction is, I I would say that the, like the, the, the intensity between them, you're like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's really kind of like, okay, you guys need to get a room or something because <laughs> this is just, it's really like high intensity. Um, it's really high intensity banter. And the angst is really quite strong in the beginning, not to the point where you're, you don't think that they have a chance, but it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty potent, you know, mm-hmm. on both sides. And I love, there's so many scenes that I love where she, where he's giving it to her and she's giving it right back. And I love that, especially with, um, really, I love writing really strong female characters because I feel like we need one, we need to see more of that. And I just feel like if we see more of it, it kind of gives us a little bit of confidence to do it in our own lives a little bit more if you're not already, you know, killing it. Um, (laughs) but so I love to love that banter where they can kind of go back and forth and she can go toe to toe with him, not just as a professional, but you know, she's really quick and smart and she's like, she's not to be, she, she, you may think that you can mess with her, but you may want to rethink that. (laughs) And she shows you every time. I absolutely love strong female characters. And I also like when the, the man in the story can hold his own. It's like almost two alphas, right? Who's going to yes. end up on top here? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they he, he gives it as much. He, he, he is able to hold his own as well. And they they... I don't want to say that they're perfect for each other because I, most of those, you know, whenever I hear perfect, I'm always like, oh, you know, they're great for each other. But um, they do have this, this common thing that it's funny that it's normally the thing that you have that is common conflict between you is kind of what can help you heal and resolve your, your, your challenges. You know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons why I love romance is that conflict normally ends up being the thing that helps to heal each character. Okay. Well, I have to ask this. I I always ask when it comes to romances so that the listeners know what they're in for when they click by on the the heat level now. Okay. So what is the heat level of in tune? Let's say one is, you know, Christian fiction or, you know, something like that. And then 10 is just like full on erotica. (laughs) Where do you think in your opinion in tune kind of falls on that metric? Hmm. I'm gonna go go ahead and give it an eight, maybe a seven point five eight. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty sexy. I mean, you're in the room the whole. You know, the whole time. 
Open door. That's what I like to hear. It's a hundred percent open door. (laughs) And you're just like in there, like standing there, like watching. It's really, it it really is. It it really is. um, I always say high heat and I always warn people, you know, it'll make you blush. It'll probably get you a little excited. Um, You're there. You're there with them. And um, the, the lead up to it is, is so exciting because, because they are, you know, kind of enemies becoming lovers. So there's that, that burn, that fire that keeps just getting more and more intense as you get along until it finally happens. And you're just building up to this, these amazing moments that they have, you know? So, uh, yeah, I would say 7.58. I wouldn't say nine or 10 mm-hmm. for some people. They may think that it's nine or 10. <laughs> Yeah, full on BDSM is a little, you know, erotica BDSM. That's like, yeah, a lot for. Yeah, we're not there. Although I did kind of get the vibe that Luke is bossy. Like, okay, is he bossy? You know, he's he's not. No, oh my gosh, (laughs) he's gonna come across. Okay, so he's gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm gonna protect Luke for one quick second. Okay, he can be. He he's very intense, right? And I remember somebody, I was asked this for an article, like, how would you describe your hero in this book? How would you describe Luke? And I described him as an artichoke. And the reason why I said artichoke is because he's kind of spiky on the outside. But when you peel back the layers, the inside is really sweet. Oh, he's so mushy on the inside. (laughs) So you gotta like he's he's like you know like a little Eminem like <laughs> <laughs> you gotta crack the outside though to get in there <laughs> right a bit <laughs> a bit um, so I, I I describe him as that but I'll tell you in the beginning you might ask yourself if you if you like him as much as you want to like him probably not in the beginning because you're like wow but when you get his side of um, his perspective you know, things become a little bit clearer. So you can't give, you, you won't give up on him. Yeah. What about Leona? Is she, you know, obviously she has some things to go through to get to the other side as well. Uh, what kind of struggles do you think, you know, high level, of course, you don't need to spoil anything. Does she kind of deal with as far as connecting with Luke? Yeah. Luke is a client, you know, it's that, um, I think that that whole, situation where you know do i cross do i do i cross the line when it comes to you know any kind of workplace romance or work anything dealing with work you know you want to be professional you want to be taken seriously you want to have a thriving career and for leona that from the beginning is you know you know something's something's happened to kind of knock her off her game you know she's she's taken time off for a reason and her career is everything to her you know and she's kind of coming back and you realize why you know what happened and why she's coming back and you really try to you know follow this path that she's taking where she thinks that maybe she can come back with a with a client and she's more she's she's willing to open that that can up again mm-hmm. and then she <laughs> and Luke lands in her lap and he's just like no you know and that's yeah. hard that's a hard thing because you were like oh my oh my gosh you know I just finally decided to 
you know, to, to get back at it, you know, and this is what I get, you know? And so she's kind of going through that as well as of course her, you know, her attraction in the beginning, um, as it relates to that, because it's like, whenever you have feelings for somebody who is, who you're bumping heads with, that's always, (laughs) it's always a, uh, like, it's always anxiety kind of, anxiety kind of rises in you because you're like, how do I navigate this? So she's dealing with that and she's, she's got to overcome this path, this path, because it's something that is, it, it, it translates not only into her professional life, but it has translated into her personal life as well. Um, and so, you know, you see that through, um, some of the family dynamics, you see that through her, her, her friendships, because I, one of the things that you always find in my books are these friendships that sort of like help you out. Um, uh, I love writing secondary characters because they're just so great at just stirring the pot. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, that's kind of like her, her journey through this is to figure out, Hey, you know, this is something that I want. How, you know, how how am I going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I like them already and I, I haven't even read them yet, but I think oh, they're great. I think they're fun. And I, I especially like, and this is on the back of your um, cover, so it's not a spoiler, everyone, but this is a happily ever after ending. So that's something to kind of look forward to through all their <laughs> trials and things like that. Yes, exactly. One thing that you can always guarantee with romance, because that is the genre, is that you have a a uh, central love story that's happening and there is always either a happily for now or a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. So you can always rely on the fact that they will get there. It's just so fun to see how that happens. <laughs> yes, it makes the it makes the ending even more sweeter when you know they've gone through all these ups and downs and it's like, oh yay, finally. Yes. Yes. So it's Absolutely. exciting. I really, uh, I, I have to, you know, stop myself from like reading cause I have other writing to do, but I love the story. And so I want to read it like everybody else is reading it. So, uh, I hope to do some kind of book club things in the future, but I want to read it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing in tune with us. Is there anything else you'd like to share about that book before we kind of wrap up and go on to the next thing? Um, no, I think that you've covered everything. I am excited for everyone to read it. And, um, please, if you like it, please, you know, make sure to just let me know in a review. Absolutely. And you guys, the link is below in the show notes if you'd like to pick up your own copy of Intune. So tell me, Jay, and what can your readers look forward to from you next? So, Next from me, they will probably get book two in um, a series that I have um, coming out next year and um, hopefully another Karina book also, which is not scheduled yet. So we'll hopefully um, hopefully have some things, some other things coming in um, 2019. Exciting. Be sure to follow her all over social media so you know when she has new stuff. Again, all the links for everything you need to reach out to JN are below in the show notes as well. Okay, we have come to the end of the show and it is lightning round time. Are you ready for the lightning round? I am. 
a little scary. Let me run the rules down for you right quick. It's super easy. But we do 60 seconds and you just answer as many questions as you can. Some are book related, some are not. Some questions are open-ended. Others require you to pick one or the other. The only rule is that you must choose. You can't say neither or both and you can't skip. Okay. Okay. You game? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No pressure. No pressure. Okay. It's totally fine. All right. I'm praying. I'm here. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Let's do this. I'm going to hit the timer and we'll get going. Physical books or ebooks? Physical books. Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. <laughs> Bookstore or library? Hmm. Bookstore. Cliffhanger or realistic ending? Realistic ending. Name a book that you've read in one sitting. Um, one sitting. Oh, the winning date. Android or Apple? Apple. Romance or erotica? Romance. Vodka or rum? Vodka. If you could pick one superpower, what would it be? Flying. (laughs) (laughs) Urban fantasy or paranormal romance? Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to go with urban. Urban fantasy. All right. Well, that's it. That's time. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) See, that was super easy and pain-free, right? (laughs) I was like, I'm at tea or coffee. I was like, oh, that was a tough one. It's hard for me to answer that, too, because I love them both. I don't know about you, but I go through cycles where I'm all about the coffee and then I'm all about the tea. Same, same, same. Yeah. Every time. Awesome. (laughs) Yes. Great minds. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's it for today. It has been a pleasure, Jay. And thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. It was great. This was so much fun. Yay, wonderful. Okay, everyone, again, just be sure to follow JN on her social media and pick up your copy of In Tune. You'll find all the links in the show notes. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for spending the time here with us on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. And as always, happy reading. Take care, everyone. If you enjoyed today's book chat episode and would like to show your support, there are a few things you can do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive five-star review. You can follow me on Twitter at Shelf Addiction. Most importantly, you can share this podcast with friends and family that enjoy all things bookish, including author interviews. Thank you for listening, and until next time, happy reading. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 